from the United Nations in New York City, this is Radio Rotary. Hi everyone, this is Sarah O'Connell. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. And welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, sponsored by local Rotarians, your friends, dedicated to service. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. People sharing ways to improve your life. And Jonah, today we're so excited because we're coming to you, our listening audience from the United Nations in New York City. And we'll be speaking with Rotarians from all around the world about the great things that Rotary does to help humanity. Well, Sarah, we have a man here. He's about 6'2". <laughs> He's wearing a 10-gallon hat. He's 6'5". He's six five. Five. wearing a 15-gallon yeah. hat. Obviously, he's from Texas. Let's yeah. say hello on Radio Rotary at the Rotary UN Day to Barker Keith. Good morning, Barker. Howdy. Hey, howdy, John. Joanna and, and Sarah, it's great to be here today at the United Nations. I'm Barker with the Lakeway Lake Travis Rotary Club, and we are introducing... Where, wait a minute. Where, you got to say that again. What's the name of your Rotary Club? Lakeway Lake Travis. Okay. We heard that, that loud is in and Texas, clear. right? That's Texas. a suburb of Austin. All right. right out there on beautiful Lake Travis. Okay, perfect. So you're here at UN Day in uh, New York City talking about an initiative called Rotary 3D Limbs. And this is something you as a Rotarian are very involved in, as well as some uh, corporate sponsors, to do exactly what? We have identified that there is a great need in developing nations for prosthetics. Okay. Like an artificial leg or an artificial like an arm? Artific exactly. Artificial leg, artificial arm. It's mostly legs. And people across the world in developing nations are losing legs either from war, disease, or accidents. Mm -hmm. In most developing nations, we're moving from walking to motorbikes. In those nations. Is that right? From exactly. motorbikes? Right. Okay. Not cars. They're going from animals, horses, to cheap Chinese motorcycles. Gotcha. And okay. when they fall off those motorcycles, in America, we would pin the leg. Okay. pin the ankle. In Tanzania, they cut your leg off. Oh, so if there's damage, that's it. Gone. That's it. Gone. So then you, you could have like a 10-year-old child or um, a 60-year-old woman who all of a sudden loses a limb. In the elderly population, diabetes to uh, sodas and candies are coming in, and that's losing limbs. Exactly, Sarah. Oh, my. So what are you doing about it, Barker? Well, we have partnered with Baylor College of Medicine okay. and their prosthetic group in Houston, Texas, and Ascentium Materials in College Station to put together what we call the technology and the art. Baylor's got years. Say that again. You're putting together the... Technology and the art. To create prosthetics? To, to create 3D printed artificial lower limbs. Oh, so you're using these new fancy 3D printers. We've seen them on TV where they make like uh, little images of Yoda and things right. like that. We, we've, actually we've actually interviewed somebody from... Um, the City New Pulse was Professor City Friedman. Pulse, that's right, where they had one and they were created. It was the first time we had heard about it. But anyway, so these 3D printers can print, in, in quotes, um, a prosthetic. Is that correct? Exactly. You start with the socket and then you print the leg. Unbelievable. And you can do that instead of a couple of weeks, 
you could do it in a couple of hours. It's just amazing. So then your group, uh, with the collaboration of Baylor and and this 3D printing company, you then take get the prosthetics out to where they're needed? We actually will take the technology and put it in a box very similar to shelter box. The scanners, the computer, the printer, and then we ship it over to Tanzania and ship over someone from Baylor and continue to develop the prosthetic right there. Oh, they do it on site then. So you yes. get the equipment, the art and the technology, Baylor Keith, you get that equipment out to where it's needed. Exactly. Think of it like a mail truck. We will eventually put the technology in the back of a truck and drive it around Africa and produce limbs right in the field. Now, because you scan it, you can custom fit it to the individual because everyone, not everyone's injury is the same. Exactly. When you scan the stump of the lower leg, for instance, you can then mold it, and that's called the art, and fit the stump. But the great future is, if you've lost your right leg, we want to scan your left leg, invert the image, and print your right leg. So you have a perfect match. Both your legs will be even. That's the goal. That's what we're getting to. And And if it's a little child, as that child grows, you can print a new one probably a lot less expensively than custom crafting an artificial lake. These limbs are going to cost less than $100 in material cost, and we expect the whole package of technology to be way under $50,000. So it could be a global project or a local project for clubs all around the world. And, and, for, our, and for our listeners yeah. that are um, picking up Radio Rotary, because we are heard around the world on iTunes and by podcasts, what is the contact information if somebody wanted to donate? Because you guys raise money in the public and private sector. How can they get in touch with you, Baylor Keith from Texas? Well, you can go to our Facebook page called Rotary 3D Limbs, or you can mail email us at rotary 3 d limbs at gmail.com say it one more time Walker we're at rotary 3d limbs on Facebook and we're at rotary 3d limbs at gmail.com now the great thing about the 3d of course is that you can custom the tint of the uh, prosthetic to match the uh, skin coloring of the uh, child or the adult right that's the goal that's right so, this is just this is just fascinating. I'm just so awed, and it's just one more reason why I am so honored to be a Rotarian, meeting people um, like Barker Keith from Texas, who is um, very involved with Rotary 3D Limbs, getting the equipment, creating the art and the technology to helping people in less fortunate circumstances become whole again. So, Barker, one more time, give us the contact information people are interested in Rotary 3D Limbs for Life. Just search on Facebook for the Lakeway Lake Travis Rotary Club in Austin or 3D Rotary 3D Limbs or email me at rotary3dlimbs at gmail.com. Rotarian Barker, Keith, thank you so much for everything you're doing to bring a smile to the face of young people who have lost a limb. And thanks for joining us this morning on Radio Rotary. It's my pleasure, Jonna and Sarah. Thank you very much for your time today. And enjoy your stay in New York. Have fun up here in Yankee land. (laughs) Welcome horns. (laughs) We'll see you. We're delighted now to welcome to Radio Rotary uh, Dr. Linda J. Stillman of the Young Global Leadership Organization. Good morning, Dr. Linda. Welcome back to Radio Rotary. Nice to see you again. Good morning. I'm delighted to be here with you again. 
And with Dr. Linda is Julianne, yes. who's on the board. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for inviting us. Okay. And here, here we have a new board member, a young and beautiful board member, but um, that's a great thing because this is the Young Global Leadership Foundation, and we've uh, interviewed Dr. Linda in the past, so we, we like seeing her again here at the UN. Thank you very much. So tell us, uh, Julianne, what is the Young Global Leadership Organization. Hi, uh, my name is Julian again. I'm, I'm a new young bo uh, board member from the Young Global Leaders. I'm with the uh, chairperson, Dr. Stillman. Uh, we are here to uh, make sure that we are inspiring young, promising leaders. We're mentoring them to have the uh, global vision and passion and their path. And uh, Dr. Linda, tell us, uh, what got you started with this uh, organization does so much good for our young people? That's a very inspiring question. For the last 20 years, I have served as a professor and mentor to young people. And on that journey, with the arrival of the millennial generations and a global world, I realized that it was a time to become mentors for the young people. They have so much energy, they want to so engage, and they needed a space and a place, even in a virtual world, where people really cared about them and their opportunities to make for them, to inspire them and op open the opportunities for their global journeys. And Julianne, um, what exactly uh, do, do you do with the young people? Uh, is it classroom education? Is it hands-on learning? How do you get young people from around the globe to accept and uh, thrive in leadership positions? Uh, there are young leaders who are looking for their path and passion and uh, basically uh, they're figuring them out, themselves out. So we are here to educate them and sharing my insights and experience to make sure that they're, uh, they're finding their own path. And uh, Jonah, we should make the note that the Young Global Leadership Foundation is a member of the UN Academic Impact Panel. So maybe we can find out a little bit more about that, Dr. Stone. I would be happy to, to enlighten you on that point. The UN Academic Impact is a new initiative that was formed by Secretary General Ban Ki-moon himself and his focus on young leaders in the last five years during his second term. And he wanted a special unit at the United Nations that would be an outreach and communication base for higher education academic institutes. And so we were invited this year to become a member of UN Academic Impact. And in that capacity, we are now official members of the UN family. And we, in this role, reach out to universities and provide programs on how students are able to engage and be part of the UN journey and the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs, Agenda 230. So, Yulen, tell me, how does uh, getting involved with the uh, youth Global Leadership Organization, how has that changed you into a better leader? I'll, I'll be extremely honest with you. Um, I met Dr. Linda when I was 19. I took his... So that was last year. Uh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> when I was, oh yes, 19. And then um, I was taking her classes about the communication and how to uh, recognize your path. And it has been a great, great encouragement, motivation to be where I am. Um, I got, after graduating, I found my job and dream job for now. And then also I'm, I'm very inspired to be contributing to changing world on behalf of the young leaders. So Dr. Stillman, where do you teach? 
I have taught at several universities. I wanted to remain an independent professor, so I have taught at the University of Maryland in Bonn, the European Graduate School for Business in Paris in Bonn as well. In New York, I have taught at Pace University and have been a guest lecturer at many other universities. I'm now involved with Cornell University and engaging Cornell students. I'm a, an alum of Cornell and engaging Cornell students, and they were our first program this summer Wonderful. together with UNAI. So people wanted to know more about this, other programs, and where you're teaching and lecturing. How would we do that? Give us some contact info. Well, you certainly can reach us on our Facebook. We have our contact information at chair at youngglebleadership.org. Terrific. Give us that one more time. Okay, that's chair. Or if you wish, you could also write to SEC as secretary at the short version, YGLF.org. And I understand you have a Facebook page, too. We do, and we welcome you to like us. <laughs> well, we like you. We not just like you. We love you for all the great work you're doing. And uh, Ju Yen uh, and Dr. Linda Stillman, thank you so much for making the new leaders of the next generation. And thanks for joining us this morning on Radio Radio. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Our thanks. pleasure. What can you do as a member of Rotary? You can eradicate polio. You can promote peace. You can feed the hungry. You can help children do better in school. Whether it's helping to eliminate a dreaded disease, volunteering at a food bank, or equipping a school library, Rotary is people who know that by working together, you can do anything. Learn more at rotary.org. Rotary, humanity in motion. Alone, our reach is limited. No matter how great our intentions, on our own, we can only stretch so far. But at Rotary, we believe the right group of people working together can make our communities, our world, a better place. Rotary is a worldwide network of community volunteers dedicated to helping people in need. Learn more at rotary.org. Rotary, humanity in motion. For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org. With severe weather events becoming more frequent and more extreme, it is more important than ever that New Yorkers are prepared for disasters. The New York Citizen Preparedness Training Program teaches residents to have the tools and resources to prepare for any type of disaster, respond accordingly, and recover as quickly as possible. The training course will provide an introduction to responding to a natural or man-made disaster. Participants will be advised on how to properly prepare for any disaster, including developing a family emergency plan and stocking up on emergency supplies. So attend the next session on February 8th at 1130 at Marasco Senior Center, 555 Union Avenue in New Windsor, New York. For more information, go to www.prepare.ny.gov. That's www.prepare.ny.gov. Salisbury Bank & Trust offers personal and business banking, residential mortgages, commercial lending, and investment services. With 13 locations throughout the tri-state region, in Dutchess and Orange Counties, the northwest corner of Connecticut, and southern Berkshire County, Massachusetts, including Riverside Bank with division offices in Poughkeepsie, Red Oaks Mill, Fishkill, and Newburgh. Salisbury Bank is your personal bank in your community, making local decisions and delivering the highest quality of customer 
service. Salisbury Bank is your local bank for all of your personal and business needs. Check them out at salisburybank.com. That's salisburybank.com. Salisbury Bank and Trust, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Salisbury Bank, enriching. Hi, this is Kathy Krueger, producer of Radio Rotary. If you are listening now, so are your customers. You can advertise on Radio Rotary for as little as $25 per week. Call me, Kathy Krueger, at 845-635-3499. That's 845-635-3499 for full details. Or email me at info at radiorotary.org. That's info at radiorotary.org. Looking forward to working with you. Well, we are just bathed in light, and it's not because our, not just because our guest has a sparkling personality, but there's all sorts of lights and solar panels and stuff at her desk. Let's find out who this is and why she has all this light stuff around. Well, we welcome Alana Souza to Radio Rotary, and she is a program officer for an organization called... Lighter of light. Leader, leader of light. Leader of light. Leader of light. Oh, As I in a le- like a liter soda leader, bottle. A liter soda. of water, I see here. Or soda. Okay, leader of light. Expli- USA. Leader of yes. light, USA. Welcome, Alana Sosa. So tell us exactly what leader of light is. So Little of Light USA is part of a global movement, of a Little of Light global movement and foundation fighting energy poverty in over 30 countries of the world. And how we do that is that we have been developing uh, affordable, renewable, and sustainable day and night light solutions to help people live in the dark. People in vulnerable communities that either do not have access to electricity at all or cannot afford it. So what we do, we are open source organization, uh, open source solution. We develop. What, is, what does open source mean, Alana? It means that... Um, all the solutions that we develop, we share with the people. So when we go to, to a community, we don't take a product, we take a solution, a technology, and we share this knowledge with them. That's a huge difference, bringing, bringing something to sell it for profit and gain. You're, at, you're actually bringing it to empower people. Exactly. And give them something that, for many of us, it, we take for granted, it's a basic need. So is this through windmills, polar, water? How are you doing it? So, um, well, we, we, we're talking about over 1.5 billion of people living in darkness. So no way. if we don't open the solution, we were never going to reach our goal, which is bring light to these people. So we found out that the only way of becoming self-sustaining is by making ourselves obsolete. So every time that I teach someone how to make the solutions, what I know, I'm making myself obsolete. I'm reaching our goal and, and our mission. That's and a what, wonderful what, philosophy. Very interesting. Put yourself out of business, right? By, yeah. Yeah. Making so tell, myself, making myself, making my mission obsolete. So tell us about the solar panels and the other uh, devices you have here on your table. Uh, are you are you basically trying to get people to have light at night by getting the solar panels to charge up the light bulbs that during the day, like the batteries? Exactly. So what our solution started with a simple uh, combination of plastic soda bottles, reusing plastic soda bottles, so to uh, help cleaning the environment, putting water, tap water, and bleach, because water refracts uh, any kind of light. So if you put this in rooftops with a part of the soda bottle outside, um, it's going to get the sunlight, the sunlight's going to hit the water, and the water's going to refract, giving uh, the equivalent of 55 watts of power without the need of electricity. And as we start um, 
expanding our work and our solution to the world, uh, people start asking for a nightlight solution. And that's when we develop electronic circuits with help from MIT students um, to connect to battery and LED lamps, which is extremely sustainable and have a long yes. time, yes, they are. Uh, yes. long life. And now we use the same plastic bottles and we put these LED lamps inside, protected for the water so people can have light during the day and at night, thanks to the solar panel that is connected to it. It's collecting the water. Um, the energy from the sun and is recharging the battery. How did you get involved with this? Um, I was doing volunteer work in India in 2011 and a friend of mine that I was visiting uh, before going back to Brazil um, attended a TED talk on which Ilak Diaz, our founder, uh, was a speaker. And this friend of mine uh, showed me the video of Lit of Light and because I come from the poorest country, um, the poorest state in Brazil, um, I realized how important and simple uh, the solution was for my country, and we decided to work together. Now, you say you're originally from Brazil, but... I thought she was from Brooklyn. <laughs> Where are you now? Where do you live now? In Washington, D.C. Okay. So, I'm the co-founder of Lit of Light in Brazil with two other friends. Uh, I work with Lit of Light in Kenya last year, and I'm currently the program officer uh, leading our programs here in the U.S. So, assumably, you're a volunteer for this organization. Yes. So, what do you do... Because sometimes our listeners want to know, well, what do these do-gooders, how do you make a living? How do you, what are your other interests? Well, right now, um, um, one way that I have like to sustain myself, I'm in a fellowship program for Atlas Corps, and that's how I have, um, through Atlas Corps, I've been able to work full-time for Lit of Light, um, and Atlas Corps provided with a basic stipend. So it's still volunteer work because I'm not making uh, any money, but um, it was a decision that I made that coming to the U.S., understanding how nonprofit works here, um, for someone who comes, who have who was born and have lived in other uh, developing countries, for me, it was an opportunity um, to grow professionally, but also help strategically lead of light to grow here so we can um, help expanding to our operational countries in the developing world. Sounds wonderful. Is this your first UN day? Uh, well, actually, thanks to Lit of Light, this is the third time that I'm here. Is it really? Yes. Okay. Well, um, welcome in August, back. Thank you. <laughs> in August, we had a great opportunity to uh, have 1,000 of those flip bots, those lights over there, to the leaders, young leaders that were here for um, the Young Professionals uh, General Assembly Day. Alana, how how do we get in touch with you? What is your website? What's the Facebook page? Uh, so you can reach out to us on literoflight.org. Uh, that's our global. Um, and here in the U.S., literoflightusa.org. And Why don't we spell that? L-I-T-E-R of L-I-G-H-T. Exactly. Um, so usa.org and the same for our social medias Lead Up Light USA on Facebook on Instagram and on Twitter Well Alana Souza, thank you for all you do to bring light around the world uh, and thank you for joining us on Radio Rotary as we say in Brooklyn obligado. <laughs> thank you very much for the opportunity. Well Sarah I don't know about you but I've had a great day at UN Day So have I Jonah, we look forward to this every year, it is truly a special day when the UN closes and is only accepting Rotarians. So many people come from not just the region, not just New York City, but from all over the world to enjoy this special day. You know why else it's special? Why is that? <laughs> because eight years ago at the UN, on this very day, we started working together on Radio Rotary. They said it wouldn't last. Oh, there you go. You know, you always remember that. That's so sweet. You're right. We The show had been created by District 7210, and things were changing with the on-air uh, staff, and you and I agreed 
through emails and phone calls that we would give it a whirl. And the, But the first time we ever worked together was at UN Day. You're absolutely right. And it's lasted eight years because you are one of the two most tolerant women in America. You know who the other one is? I absolutely do. A shout out to Ellen Wasser. <laughs> My darling wife. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a great pleasure to bring you today's edition of Radio Rotary from the United Nations in New York City. Our special thanks goes to our sponsor, Salisbury Bank, your regional bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Please visit them at SalisburyBank.com and by the featured Rotary Clubs of New City, New Paltz, Patterson, Philmont, Pleasant Valley, Poughkeepsie, Arlington, Red Hook, Rhinebeck, Southern Ulster, Wallkill East, Wappingers, and Warwick Valley, New York. For the entire Radio Rotary team, my co-host Sarah O'Connell, our producer Kathy Kruger, and the Wizard of the Buttons, our fabulous engineer, Mr. Jay Verzi. This is Jonah Trebowasser thanking you for tuning in and inviting you to join us again next week at this very same time for another edition of Radio Rotary. And don't forget our website, RadioRotary.org. So long from the United Nations in New York City. Hudson Valley Rotarians invite you to support Shelterbox USA as they provide disaster relief aid for victims around the world. Shelterbox disaster response teams are on site assessing people's needs and ensuring that your invaluable support goes directly to those who need it most. For more information and to donate, go to shelterboxusa.org. That's shelterboxusa.org. Work. What can you do as a member of Rotary? You can eradicate polio. You can promote peace. You can feed the hungry. You can help children do better in school. Whether it's helping to eliminate a dreaded disease, volunteering at a food bank, or equipping a school library, Rotary is people who know that by working together, you can do anything. Learn more at Rotary.org. Rotary. Humanity in Motion. For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org.